0: what's going on guys welcome to the just the west podcast i'm your host just the west and we out here in week 10 of the nfl season it is officially the second half of the nfl season because there are 17 games in the regular season and if you include well yeah 18 weeks well, including the bye so anyways nfl teams have 17 games we are now onwards to the second half in week 10 and uh you know let's look at the nfc west Let's talk about what happened in week nine and go onwards to officially start the second half of the season. Um, so once again, you look at the NFC West and it is, it's a pretty open market in the West Seahawks. They are rolling. They are rolling at four and oh, the last four weeks of the season, the last month, they are standing pretty comfortably at six and three, um. You know, I thought that it would be a little bit more spicy, especially on the road for the Seahawks to play the Cardinals, a divisional opponent where the Cardinals have done pretty well against the Seahawks, um, but not really. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw ESPN Hard Knocks, but the Cardinals are the in-season team, uh, and they covered that exact game where the Seahawks took it to them, thirty-one to twenty-one. Tough, tough loss for this Cardinals team. Uh, But a really triumphant win for the Seahawks. So they essentially sweep the Cardinals. And yeah, uh, Seahawks are 6-3. Cardinals are 3-6. We'll talk about them in a bit. Uh, The second game to talk about is the Niners, um, who didn't play on a bye week right now. They're sitting right at 500. They have a game this week against the Chargers. We can get to that. But the big thing for the Niners is this was a good week for them to get healthy. Um, you know, Debo Samuel, Elijah Mitchell, Dre Greenlaw, these are big names for the Niners and they are expecting to make their second half push. We'll talk about their matchup against the Chargers later on on this pod. And the Rams. The Rams are third place at 3-5. and five. They had a very tough, tough fucking loss. Week nine, It was pretty bad. Um, They played at Tampa Bay against the Tampa Bay, Tampa Brady Buccaneers, and they lost a tight one 13-16 in the final stretch of the game. Um, You know, this was a game where the Rams and their defense did their job through like 90% of the game uh, because Tampa Bay was able to get that two-minute drill with Tom Brady and I kid you not it took them like six plays to drive 60 yards down the field and get the go-ahead touchdown by Tom Brady. Tom Brady just seems well you guys already know he's the GOAT and he found a way to win uh, a very Tom Brady-esque sort of game but conversely I mean this was a Rams team and a Rams offense That only had nine first downs this game. Stafford was hit several times. I think he was sacked four times. Hit eight. And they fall to three and five. Lastly, Cardinals are three and six. We talked about that earlier. Um, But more importantly, for them to get swept by the Seahawks and fall comfortably out of 500 uh, at a three and six record. I've checked Twitter, I've checked the fan base for the Cardinals, and you can make a case that Cliff Kingsbury could be on the hot seat. Reason why, I mean, outside of losing, but it just seems like this Cardinals team continues to make the same fucking mistakes on the offensive side of the football. And what I'm talking about that is, you know, they, they compiled, I don't know, 10-plus penalties again, a lot, going back to getting the damn play call, false starts, holding whatever is going on uh billy's price was the center and i don't know what the deal is i know kyler murray's short (laughs) but there were like three really high snaps that went way out went over kyler murray's head and put the cardinals in third and long second and whatever they put the offense um an offense that needs to uh needs to do their thing in just self-inflicted situations and very frustrating game to watch if you're a Cardinals fan. A triumphant win if you're a Seahawks fan. But here we are. So you have the Seahawks who are six and three. Geno Smith making his case for a comeback player of the year. Pete Carroll head coach of the year. The Niners at four and four with presumably their best football ahead as they get healthy. You have the Rams at three and five who you know you've seen good things from this Rams from this defense but this offense this time right now outside of Cooper Cup you're just not getting much from this offense both from pass casters outside of Cooper Cup to the run game which has been non-existent I don't know but Sean McVay not in the hot seats but there's some eyes looking at you because uh you know to give up 16 points to the buccaneers and only come up with 13 and lose last week it's frustrating it's frustrating cardinals three and six talked about their struggles already um just it should be very interesting to see how hbo covers this team since they are the in-season hbo hard knocks team because uh, at a three and six record that is just not ideal not ideal to compete in the nfc west so let's go ahead and talk onwards about the matchups we have for week 10 in the nfl season within the nfc west division okay so seahawks six and three first time ever in nfl history pretty cool you have a six thirty a.m pacific standard time game at germany munich germany first time where I guess presumably the um, uh, uh, well, there's no home team, but I get Seattle at Tampa Bay. Uh, it's interesting to know because you know we, we were talking about this Bucks team beating the Rams team, but you know they're not they're four and five right now. As of now, they're standing atop the NFC South, but it's a pretty weak division, anyways. Um, this is a pretty weak. T- tampa bay tom brady team offensively it's ironic because you know their, their defense has been way better than their offense i don't know what's going on well I, I do kind of know injuries offensive line lack of a run game but you know this tom brady led offense is probably like one of the worst offenses statistically uh for tom brady a lot of three and outs a lot of inconsistencies um It's just frustrating for this Tampa Bay team to watch at times. But then at the same time, they're favored by three. And maybe it's because the crowd is very pro Tom Brady. I mean, imagine this. You're in Germany. You don't know too much about football. But you've heard the name Tom Brady. And I'm sure that there's going to be a ton of German fans that are going to be rooting for Tom the Goats. Motherfucking Brady. So maybe that's why Tampa Bay is favored by three. But I mean, if you look at the record, at four and five against the Seahawks, six and three, I I just, you know, if I'm a betting man, I, I haven't even gone to my predictions about the score, but I'm taking the points. I'm taking Seattle. Uh, Seattle, they're playing their best football right now. They are playing sound football with Geno Smith, who is continuing to lead the league in uh quarterback passer completion. Uh, I think it's like what seventy five percent, but. Make no mistake. I mean, the Seahawks offense, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, their rookie Kenneth Walker the third, has been um, they've been a a pretty good s- skill set set of players uh, to really challenge defenses, um, both in the passing game and in the run game. And you know, Tampa Bay they have a great front seven. Um, you know, great run defense. Uh, their secondary has been battered all throughout the season, but. You know, for the most part, they play a pretty sound defensive front. Um, but it really goes back to Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, and what this offense can do against the Seahawks defense, who you know, lately they've been pretty good, um, you know, as a run defense. They've been opportunistic, rushing the passer. Shout out to the free agent Noel Su. I probably butchered his name, but he was a great free agent acquisition from the Chargers. Uh, they've been getting a lot from their rookie class. I'm sure everyone's been hearing about Kobe Bryant, Tariq Woolen. Um, but up to this point, I don't know if being in Germany is, is going to help Tom Brady because at least what you're seeing right now in the field, it's not going to get it done against the Seahawks offense, which is crazy to say, but I don't think this Buccaneers offense can go toe-to-toe with the Seahawks offense like Chino Smith. Um Yeah, until I see more inspired play from the Buccaneers receivers between Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, I don't know, Lenny Fournette. Maybe they can get a little bit more pop out of their rookie running back, Rashad White. But I just don't think they can go toe-to-toe with the Seahawks. And I just – the more I say that, the more I I just – if you were to tell me, I would say that going into the season – I said you're full of shit because um, yeah, the Seahawks are a much more explosive offense than this Buccaneers team as we head into Week Ten of the twenty twenty two NFL season. Yeah, we are we are getting to that point. So let's go ahead and sum it up then. Um, you know, all things considered, I, I think that you know if Geno Smith continues to play turnover free football, which he's done for the most part this season. He keeps it safe. He, he puts it to his playmakers and Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. If Kenneth Walker can, continues to run at a rapid pace, uh, he's been having tons and tons of big time explosive plays as a runner. I don't think that this Buccaneers team can even, um, I won't say can't even compete. That's not the right word, but I, I don't I just don't think that they can match the Seahawks firepower. Um, so in, in a neutral stadium in Germany, uh, Go ahead and give me the Seahawks with the points. But Seahawks are going to take this. Uh, 27-21. 27-21 Seahawks. I'm sorry, Tom Brady fans that are in Germany. But remains to be seen if we can get the Tom Brady of old. Maybe it's not even Tom Brady's fault. Maybe it's the receivers. Maybe it's the offensive line. Whatever. But the Seahawks are going to beat Tom Brady at Germany. 27-21 onwards we go. Let's go ahead and talk about the one o'clock NFC West divisional special. Let me double check. You have 125. You have the Cardinals at LA, where the Rams are favored by three over under 40 and a half. But this is another tough one because there's uncertainty to both quarterbacks. Yeah, you read that right. Both quarterbacks are questionable to play. They might be game-time decisions. So Matthew Stafford, after the loss to the Bucks got hit a ton. Sacked four times, hit eight times, whatever. But he finished the game, and then after that, leading up to this week, uh, he entered the concussion protocol. So apparently he has been showing signs of concussion. He needs to go through a five-step process to clear him to play this week. So we don't know if... Matthew Stafford and his Rams offense is going to be the same. If he cannot play, then you have John Wolford, who, mind you, you know he's an experienced veteran uh, that has played under the Rams for the last couple of years. Um, so he would be the starter. Otherwise, they have on their third string would be, I think, Bryce Perkins, who is an athletic quarterback. So maybe they use a combination of Wolford and, and Perkins um, to offset Stafford. So you have that element. On the other side for the Cardinals, your franchise quarterback, Kyler Murray, if you guys saw HBO, you would know, check it out. But Kyler Murray, while he was doing his run, the run where he fumbled, um, mentioned to his coaches on HBO that he felt something in his hammy. He finished the game out, don't get me wrong, but for those that know hamstring injuries, you know they can be pretty tricky, uh, especially for a mobile quarterback like Kyler Murray who doesn't necessarily rely on his athleticism, but it's a big part of his game. Uh, he is questionable himself as a Titan heavy, does not bode well for any athlete. So both of them are questionable to, to start. So we'll, we'll take it to that. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about this Cardinals offense. Um, well, if Kyler Murray cannot play... You have a decent backup in Colt McCoy, who, well, he's played for a lot of teams, but he's pretty comfortable in the Cardinals system. So, in the same aspect as Sean Wofford with the Rams, you know, Colt McCoy's not a bad option at at backup. But this offense as a whole has been playing much better than before, Uh, even though they lost last week. It's good to see James Conner finally back in action. He's been dealing with a rib injury. It wasn't as effective, but perhaps this week he'll be uh, a little bit more prepared uh, with his legs underneath him in his second week back from injury. On the other side, for the receivers, I mean, they're getting production, DeAndre Hopkins, even though he wasn't targeted as much in the second half last week. uh, You're getting contributions out of their second-year receiver, former first-round pick in Rondé Moore. He's had some nice instances uh, the last stretch of games Hopefully, maybe see a little bit more Robbie Anderson. He had a really costly drop. I believe that was on third down last week as well. But, you know, I just want to see some more cohesion from this Cardinals offense. But what makes this really... I think this is going to be the biggest difference between both the Rams and the Cardinals offense. Whoever's under center, but the biggest thing that concerns me for this Cardinals offense is the interior pass rush that's going to come from Aaron Donald and this Rams defensive line. I know that Aaron Donald was quite quiet last week against the Buccaneers, but it feels like one of those games where he's due, especially a divisional opponent like the Cardinals, where Aaron Donald wakes the fuck up and plays like the Aaron Donald that we know of. So whether it's Murray or Colt McCoy, uh, I would be alarmed for Aaron Donald and this pass rush because as of now, I think this Rams defense is in a much better spot than this Cardinals defense. And especially if you're playing the whole backup quarterback game, I like my chances for the Rams defense to take advantage on Colt McCoy versus the other way around with the Cardinals defense taking advantage of John Wolford. So having said that, uh, when you talk about this Rams offense, you know I'm not going to talk about the quarterback play as much because, well, we don't know who's going to be under center. As of now, Saturday... Maybe things change. But for this Rams offense, interesting thing to note. I mean, Cam Akers, who was pretty much non-existent the first half of the season, he finally got some shine. Um, They activated him for practice last week. Apparently things are back on the right way. But he had like two carries for three yards. He didn't really matter. Daryl Hendo henderson continues to be the lead back but their rookie kyron williams from notre dame he's been on ir up to this point they activated him he's practicing he's gonna be active for this game so this cardinals defense it's not too good it's opportunistic um they're okay uh shout out to isaiah Simmons and Zaman collins their first round pick linebackers who have been stepping it up in recent weeks but they're an okay unit they don't really rush the passer um that consistently nowadays but i'm talking about this rams offense in their run game could they get something out of carwin williams the rookie because they haven't gotten anything from any of their running backs up to this point of the season so that's something to watch putting it all together where do i see this going i mean i'm not gonna lie you know divisional games can be pretty tricky uh and this is a must-win game for both teams why? Well, the Rams are three and five. If they fall to three and six, I mean they're pretty much done. And the Cardinals—they're already three and six, so I won't say that they're out of the playoffs, but it's not looking good. If they fall to three and seven, I kid you not, Cliff Kingsbury might get fired. So, uh, no pressure for both teams. No pressure at all. At the end of the day, going back to defenses. If all things are equal with this whole backup quarterback game, which I really hope that doesn't happen because obviously you want your best guys on the field. You want Kyler Murray versus Matthew Stafford. But if we're getting a, a shitty backup quarterback game, uh, give me a better defense in the Rams' defense to take care of business against the Cardinals. A Cardinals team, by the way, for the last eight matchups they've had, including the playoffs, they are 1-7. Yeah, The Rams have had the Cardinals number. In the same capacity as the Cardinals usually play well against the Seahawks, but then the Seahawks usually play well against the Niners. It's like this ever-going cycle. It's like Pokemon, like strengths and weaknesses, fire, plant, ice. Anyways, I, I've said too much. Um, I think that the Rams will take care of business against the Cardinals at home. Give me give 24-20. Me yeah, twenty four twenty card. Um, Rams twenty four twenty Rams. I think get have done pretty pretty much. Um, yeah, the over under forty and a half. That sounds about right. Twenty four twenty Rams. Onwards, Sunday night football. Here we go, baby. Okay, so you have the Niners who are five hundred at four and four. They're playing, you know, on paper uh, a pretty hot Chargers team who are five and three. But man, I just, I really wish chargers were healthier it would be i'm just saying it so nick bosa and joey bosa obviously the bosa brothers that was a big matchup that we were looking forward to on on the calendar but unfortunately joey bosa he's been hurt with a growing injury he's been out most of the season it would have been nice to see the bosa brothers go at it um not literally go at it because they're both defensive players but to have them reunite to play against each other uh against each other's opposing quarterbacks that would have been really fun but this Chargers team while they are five and three they're kind of like the Niners a couple weeks back they've been dealing with a ton a ton of injuries so you have Justin Herbert who you know he's been dealing with his rib injury but he's playing much better football now uh, with more time to uh, get his feet under with him with his own injury and his pain tolerance but both his starting receivers are outs Michael Williams with an ankle Keegan and Allen with a hamstring injury and then you have Rashad Slater, their left tackle, he's out for the season. Uh, and then they just lost their star cornerback, J.C. Jackson, who is on IR now. Um, I, I forget his injury. I think it was Achilles. But in, anywho, uh, they've been losing a ton of notable players in a similar fashion to like the Niners earlier this season. So I can empathize for the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, and they're playing a team like the Niners who are coming off a bye week that are probably the healthiest they have been for this entire season because they are getting a ton of their key players. I mentioned before, you're going to get Will Samuel back. They're going to get their former starting running back in Elijah Mitchell, off-ball linebacker, Dre Greenlaw. Uh, but they also get, you know, a couple other familiar faces in Kyle Juszczyk, Colton McKivitz, Jordan Willis. Uh, yeah, they're getting a ton of guys back. The only guy that they're not getting back and this really, oof, um, especially for this locker room who values his veteran leadership and its support and his knowledge and you, you just reap for the kid. But Jason Verrett, if you guys saw the news, he was slated to come back and make his season debut against his former team in the Chargers. But an Achilles injury, um... Damn, uh, he tore his Achilles on the Wednesday practice going into this week, and so he had been pretty much rehabbing the last fourteen months, and so he is out for the season. Uh, just really tough. I don't know if he's gonna play football again. Everyone, even even non-Niner fans for that matter, we're rooting for Jason Verrett to play football because he's been through so much adversity, so much, um, so much trauma to his body. Torn acls torn labrums achilles like uh, you, you name it he's gone through a lot in his tenured career but um he's not going to be coming back healthy unfortunately anyways so when the niners are on offense i'm just really intrigued to see from an x and o perspective what are we going to see from kyle sanhan on this offense for primetime sunday night football because between christian mccaffrey and Debo samuel I don't know if you're going to put them both in the backfield, but they are both excellent pass catchers uh, that can make yards generated after contact. They're elusive. They make defenders miss. So with another week under the Shannon Henning playbook, what are you going to see from Christopher McCaffrey? Uh, Are they going to expand the playbook for him? How involved are both CMC and Debo are going to be now that they're both in the same field together we didn't see that last week since obviously Debo Samuel was hurt well, and obviously because they were in a bye week but you know the vision has finally come to fruition where Shanahan has essentially positionless football with Debo Christian McCaffrey, Kittle IU. it's just on paper a very scary uh, lineup uh, but can they finally put it all together because at least through the first half of the season they were not playing the best football. Mind you, they had a ton of injuries. But, you know, in regards to running the football, uh, they didn't get too much out of Debo Samuel this first half. He's been hurt quite a bit throughout uh, this portion in the season. And, you know, injuries to Elijah Mitchell, Jeff Wilson, who just got traded, uh, they finally got a glimmer of hope of what his offense could be. Uh, especially running the ball with Christian McCaffrey last week against the Rams. But, you know, up to this point, they haven't been the running football team that you've been known for a college and an offense. And so will we see more outside zone with more speed with Christian McCaffrey? Uh, will this unit, both the offensive line and the running backs now, um, who are fully healthy and more equated for the second half, will you see them get back to their running ways? I'm intrigued to see what's going to happen because, this Chargers run defense is is horrible. They're actually one of the worst run defensive teams in the NFL. I believe they're allowing, like, what, 5.1, 5.2 yards per carry. So if I'm the Niners, I'm running that motherfucker. Yes. Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel. I don't know. George Kittle. Whatever. Uh, but I think they can run the football, control the time of possession, and keep this Chargers offense off the field. Because if the Niners are going to lose this game, it's not going to be because of this Chargers defense. Mind you, they have Khalil Mack and Derwin James, who are very good (laughs) players in their own right. But the one thing that's a clear advantage for the Chargers over the Niners is quarterback play. And and mind you, Jimmy G has been, I won't say stellar, but he's been solid the last couple of games. Uh, But there's no comparison between Herbert and Jimmy Carapolo up to this point in the season. Justin Herbert, he's been hurt uh, the last four weeks, but he's playing better and better every week. I think he's getting more acquainted with his ongoing rib injury and the pain tolerance, but he's playing a lot more uh, aggressive football now. But it just sucks that he doesn't have his best weapons in Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Instead, he has Joshua Palmer... Um, former Niner in DeAndre Carter, tight end in, in Gerald Everett. Um, you know, obviously not the shiny toys that he had on paper heading into the season, but uh, his throws have been more aggressive, more accurate uh, the last couple of weeks versus you know earlier in the season, and I think that's you know similar to what Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense did. Just a couple weeks ago at Levi Stadium, but if Justin Herbert can just be him, he is him. If, if Herbert can ball out and make those sort of like franchise quarterback throws and carve up the Snyder's secondary, I mean, great quarterback play is throwing into your receiver, throwing him open despite the coverage. Um, if he can make those type of throws and really challenge, this Niners defense, then, yeah. Um, that is the only reason why the Chargers are going to win because outside of that, I mean, I know that the Chargers have a good record at the five 5-3, but they're just so hurt right now. And this Sniders team coming off a bye week, being healthy, being at home, um, especially on Sunday night football, it doesn't look good for them. But the one X factor that they have to trump the Niners... It's gonna to have to be their quarterback and Justin Herbert. So I didn't even talk about the spread. The Niners earlier I think it opened at like Niners minus four. It's at Niners minus seven. Over under forty five. I think that if I'm a betting man, I'd probably take the under under the premise that the Niners play, well, a run oriented game. Um you know, win the line of scrimmage win the time of possession and come out hopefully unscathed with injuries. But, you know, if they're able to make it really hard for Justin Herbert, shout out to Nick Bosa. They're able to get turnovers, play good, sound football, running the football because they certainly can against the Chargers team. uh, I think it's going to be fairly low scoring and they come out with a clean victory. So go ahead and give me the Niners 27 to... 27 to 17 let's do that 27 17 against the chargers and then they go above 500 for the first time all season so uh yep so that's how i see it so just to recap i have the seahawks overtaking the bucks at germany i have the rams getting their shit together and taking out the cardinals out of their misery and then i have the niners taking on and taking over the chargers on sunday night football once again, thank you so much for checking out the pod, uh, whether it's on iTunes or Spotify. I really appreciate your support. Also, if you want, Twitter, at Just the West, Instagram, at Just the West, and of course, the blog, www.justthewest.com. Till next time, we out here. Peace.